The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences. If you are not an adult, please do not let your parents know you're listening to this, and don't repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please drink responsibly. Now that we have all that covered, let's start the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 327 of the podcast. Unless you happen to be joining live on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube to catch the show live, make sure you are subscribed on one or all of those platforms. Turn on your notifications so you know when the show is live. Like right now. Today is Saturday, August 25th. Oh, August 26th. Sorry. Yeah, um, a happy 60th birthday to my Uncle Al. Uh, hopefully he's uh, relaxing at home, puffing on a cigar. So cheers to you. We're just a few hours, well, maybe more than a few hours removed from UFC Singapore. Max Holloway getting it done over the Korean zombie, Chan Sung Jung. Uh, credit to all of you who here in the States decided to uh wake up at three in the morning or whatever it is and, and watch this card i didn't I, I went to bed early last night i slept in today for me sleeping in is like 8 a.m if uh <laughs> if the kiddo allows it uh luckily she uh she was up a little late last night we we had a little uh daddy daughter date night my wife went out with her girlfriend so uh, Ariana and I went downtown, got some pizza, and then we went to the movies again. <laughs> I feel like we've been going to the movies a lot, but we saw the uh, Disney's Haunted Mansion. And I, this was another one I thought was good. Um, I, I thought they did a really nice job with it. It was just too long. Another like two-hour movie from Disney, like, they easily could have cut it down to 90 minutes. Disney, listen, 90 minutes for these movies. That's all we need. All right. You're not making like Lord of the Rings here. You're not making like these epic <laughs> adventure films. 90 minutes is enough to wrap up the plot of these things. Uh, I thought they did a really nice job with it, though. Uh, a lot of people criticized the the Eddie Murphy uh, Haunted Mansion movie. I thought that one was pretty good, too. Uh, <laughs> but this one was more true to uh, the ride at Disney World, the Haunted Mansion ride. It really did a nice job of, of working in the storyline uh, of the ride a little bit more. And, like, some of the features, like when you go into the ride, uh, and that they stretch the ceiling out, makes it look like the, the room is sinking or the, or the walls are stretching or w whatever the case. Um, they, they did a nice job with that. The acting was great. I thought the guy who plays the lead, I forget his name. I thought he was awesome. Um, the little kid, there's a, like a little nine-year-old boy in it. He, he does a great job. Owen Wilson is in it. He was great. Um, Let's see who is a oh Danny DeVito plays like a crazy old guy. 
He was funny. Uh, it was, you know, it was a really good movie. It was rated PG 13. So I was a little hesitant to bring my daughter, but she likes, um, she likes, uh, scary movies. You know, she's already seen stuff like Edward Scissorhands and she really loves Coraline, which is a pretty dark kids movie. Uh, so she saw the preview and she's like, yeah, dad, I'm okay with this. And I researched it ahead of time before I get any of you parent critics saying like, why are you bringing your five-year-old to a PG 13 movie? First of all, shut the fuck up. I don't care about your opinion. Second of all, I researched the movie. It was only rated PG 13 because of some jump scares, um, which I know she can handle. So there was nothing inappropriate in this movie. Thought it was well done. Really? I, I think it probably deserved a little bit more hype than it got. Um, as far as the acting went, the all the only issue I had with was, was uh, Rosario Dawson playing the uh, the mom. I, I thought she was overdoing it a bit. Um, but and I, I didn't really. I think they had Jamie Lee Curtis playing Madame Leota. I thought they could have had somebody that did the voice a little bit better. Um, but. In any case, overall, recommend the movie. It was great. Just too long. Too long. Cut it down, Disney. When you put it on Disney Plus, like please, please trim 30 to 40 minutes out of this movie. Uh, and I'll gladly watch it again. Um uh, I, I thought it was really good. My my daughter loved it. She wanted to go back again and, and bring her mom to see it. Um, so we may very well be continuing to rack up those AMC points. <laughs> <laughs> and go see the haunted mansion again i'm going to tell you guys at the top of the show today because i always forget if you want to grab some mma on the rocks merchandise uh, reaper1.co is the website you can use the promo code mma rocks 10 grab yourself an over the top under the influence t-shirt tank top or hoodie hoodie season is quickly approaching folks make sure you buy two because you know your girlfriend's gonna steal one so Please do that. Full disclosure, all proceeds will go to alcohol. So there's that. Mark Fellows is here. He says, greetings from Fiji. Congrats on expanding your worldwide audience demographics. Hashtag global takeover. Cheers, Mark. Glad to have you here from any part of the world. Uh, and yeah, always, always happy to expand the audience. Um, I've been pretty consistent posting the short form content. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've seen a lot of it, a lot of the uh, tutorial videos, grappling, Muay Thai, cocktail videos, whiskey reviews. I've been trying to mix it up pretty consistently. I appreciate everybody who has given positive feedback. I appreciate everybody who's given criticism too. Uh, I, I had somebody on Facebook try and tell me that bourbon only comes from Kentucky. Um, which is incorrect if you're curious. Um, and you know, I've had some other people say, I don't know what I'm talking about and these moves would never work and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I take it all with a grain of salt. I don't really care. I know people are just out there on the internet to, you know, put other people down. I, and I don't take any of it personally. Um, but I really appreciate everybody who has been sharing stuff from the podcast. Um, I, I've really been putting some effort into creating more shareable content. So uh, cheers to all of you. 
cheers to everybody who's just here listening and you don't watch any of the other shit I do. I appreciate you just as much. Um, let's get into some MMA, shall we? So I told you guys I didn't wake up early to watch this. Um, I slept in till eight <laughs> um, because my daughter let me. You know, usually she's up at the crack of dawn on the weekends. Um, so I was fortunate enough to, to get a few extra hours of sleep. I even went to bed pretty early for a Friday night. Uh, and then I went to open mat at Gracie Baja Clearwater. Shout out to those guys, Professor John Keller. You've probably seen him popping up in some of my short form content. Third degree Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt and a hell of a guy, I must say. Uh, so I was over there, uh, got some roles in this morning, filmed some more content, uh, that's going to be coming up in a, in a few weeks. Um, you know, we're stockpiling the content now. So we did some takedown stuff this morning, uh, and a little detail on an arm triangle finish. So that's going to be coming your way in the coming weeks. As soon as I get that footage back from my buddy Emerson, follow him on Instagram, Senna Films, S-E-N-N-A-F-I-L-M-S. Um, he really does fantastic work. Uh, and he's been filming this jujitsu and wrestling content. And uh, it's it's been coming out awesome. Uh, he, he actually makes me look good, which is really hard to do. <laughs> As you could tell uh, by the YouTube numbers compared to the audio podcast numbers. Uh, which is like 90 to one, something like that. It's something ridiculous, but uh, you know, we're climbing up there on YouTube. All right, let's talk some MMA folks. Max Holloway. You had to feel for Max Holloway going into this fight, uh, carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders, the weight of his, of his home state anyway. Uh, just absolutely horrible. What they're going through uh, back in Hawaii. Uh, with the fires and you know if it's true that they're just not getting the help that they need which i, I believe it is true uh, that makes it even more horrific so uh, if you know a credible source uh, where people can donate money directly to the people of maui so that they can actually get it since apparently the government doesn't want to help them out, please share it. Um, share it in the comment comments here and I'll, I'll push it out everywhere that I can. Um, after I look into it, of course, uh, I'm always big on credible sources. So we gotta, we gotta help out our, our brothers and sisters out in Hawaii who are going through it right now. And all they have is each other. So Max Holloway coming in with, such a heavy burden on his mind. You know, you could tell in the interviews leading up to it, but it didn't affect his performance because he's such a damn warrior. Got in there, won the first two rounds, in my opinion. You know, Korean Zombie got some shots in, but he was just a step behind Max Holloway the whole time. And, you know, Max went out there in the third round and Korean zombie did the right thing. You know, he came out there with some urgency and he started swinging wild. And what I really loved from Max Holloway in this final exchange, the 23 seconds of this third round, which was 
just a wild experience for everybody watching. And I'm sure for these two uh, fighters in the cage, what I really liked from Max Holloway is he was watching and he was aware of every strike Korean zombie was throwing and he was catching the inside controls as Korean zombie was throwing his punches counters them with a beautiful punch and Korean zombie, the tough bastard that he is, he's still swinging as he's fallen to the mat, completely knocked out. Um, one thing we have to touch on in the second round, Max Holloway pretty much had him knocked out. Um, and he stopped fighting because he has so much respect for Chan Sung Jung. He didn't finish him. Uh, you know, he had him down and he kind of backed off like it was going to be a walk off. But the referee, uh, Mark Goddard, uh, didn't step in. So, and Max didn't want to keep hitting him because he knew he was hurt to the head. So he didn't want to cause him any unnecessary damage. So he puts him in a Darce choke, tries to finish with that. And of course, Korean Zombie's too tough to tap. Um, and he didn't quite have the angle on it. Uh, so he lets it go. Uh, Korean Zombie works his way back up. Um, again, just such a tough dude, man. I mean, pound for pound, one of the toughest guys ever. Um, and then, you know, that wild exchange at the beginning of the third round, you know, Max Holloway was just, his vision in the pocket is just, it, it's just on another level. You know, the way he was catching the inside controls as as Zombie was throwing those punches at him, uh, that's something out of the Matrix, man. That's not something. That's not something that everybody has. You know, that's that's an elite level skill to be right in the pocket in a firefight and see things coming at your face and react to them, uh, especially for a guy who, uh, according to him, doesn't spar. So the fact that he has that timing and that vision. He's just gifted, man. He's just blessed, as he says. The best is blessed, right? So finishes the fight, and um, Bisping comes in to interview him, asks him about the fight, and he says, rightfully so, I can't even think about the fight. I'm just thinking about my people back home um, who are going through it right now. And um, it, it was an emotional moment. I mean, when he... When he finished the fight, he jumped over the cage, ran right over to his wife. Um, you know, because I'm sure she was worried about him in there, but at the same time, they're both worried about their family back home and what they're going through. Uh, so just it, it, it was a really emotional main event all around. So he tells Bisping he can't even talk about the fight. He's just thinking about you know his people back home. Um, and how they've all banded together and they're all there for each other, even though, you know, the government and, and whoever else FEMA is not helping at all. Um, you know, not, not to get into politics or anything like that, but it's the fact of the matter. These people need help and, and they're not getting it. Um, so it's understandable that, that that's what was on his mind. And Max Holloway, just such a good dude, man comes back in the cage, helps Korean zombie get on the stool, helps him up. You know, he, he showed real concern for him. 
He did the wrong thing in the second round, not trying to finish him. That could have cost him. You know, Korean Zombie could have come back and, and staged a comeback because, you know, Max didn't keep fighting uh, when the fight wasn't stopped. So there was that. And then Korean Zombie lays down the gloves and retires. And, man, what a moment. If you guys missed this fight, go back and watch the fight. The fight was awesome. But the post-fight stuff, everything's so emotional with Max Holloway and thinking about Hawaii and uh, man, Korean zombie had just an awesome retirement where he lays down the gloves and then he's walking out of the cage and they're playing zombie by, I think it's the cranberries and the whole crowd is singing along and he just stops at the cage door at the top of the steps. And he's looking at everybody and just smiles. He was hugging his coaches and crying, man. It, it, it was a wave of emotions all around. And you're just, you just felt happy for everybody at the, at the end of it. And it's kind of a shame because I saw, I saw an Instagram post of uh, Korean zombie laying the gloves down and it was a tribute post, but the top comment said something along the lines of I've been watching the sport since 2018 and I've only seen this guy lose. Why is he so respected? And I think if if you consider yourself a fan of the sport, you need to go back prior to that time. I mean, this is a guy who just very recently fought for the title against a guy that nobody can seem to beat at featherweight in Alexander Volkanovsky. Um, you know, he's been fighting at the highest level for so long. Yeah, of course he's going to take some losses, especially now at 36 years old or whatever he is. But the things he's done and and the things he's endured throughout his career, the wars he's been in, um, you know, the Leonard Garcia fights, uh, you know, the first one split decision loss to Leonard Garcia. But that was a freaking war that that that's like one of the one of the best fights of all time. You definitely need to go back and watch that. And then the second fight with Leonard Garcia, he gets the first twister submission in ufc history i believe and to put that in perspective that was however many years ago i can pull it up here okay leonard garcia the twister submission was 2011 okay that's the first twister submission we've seen we just two weeks ago saw the third one all right <laughs> so to give you an idea of how innovative this guy has been, how inspirational this guy has been. Um, you know, he's got a submission win over Dustin Poirier. You know, he fought Jose Aldo in his prime. Um, and then there was that crazy fight with Yair Rodriguez where he caught that elbow in the very last second. He's got a win over Frankie Edgar, for Christ's sake. Beat Dan Ige just two years ago, who's a... A, you know, a top flight contender. So, so much respect for this guy, man. Uh, he, he's put on some epic fights. Uh, you know, Max Holloway called him a legend, rightfully so. Um, I was thinking about this while the fight was going on. Is he the only fighter who has his nickname displayed on the screen instead of his actual name? Because it said Holloway and Zombie on the little... Um, a little time 
timer or whatever on the bottom of the screen. Is there anybody else who just goes by their nickname? I can't maybe Miracle Crow Cop. Um, but I can't really think of another example. Um, there's probably a few, but I, I mean, you kind of have to be at a, at a somewhat legendary status to have that. You're, like your name on the screen is just zombie. So that's awesome. But now we're faced with the problem with what do we do with Max Holloway? Right? We can't give him any more featherweight fights. He will beat everybody. He will stop people on the rise from getting to the title shot. And he's not going to get another title shot at featherweight. We can't do him and Volkanovsky for a fourth time. The only way that fight happens for a fourth time is if Volkanovsky loses the title to, say, Yair Rodriguez, Holloway steps in, beats Yair for the title, and then, you know, Volkanovsky, you know, obviously will get a title shot. That's the only way we're seeing that for a fourth time is if Max is the champion. So Volkanovsky has to lose it first or retire or whatever. And you're talking to Max Holloway, who, my opinion, is still the best featherweight of all time. Uh, you know, Volkanovsky's right there, I think, for, for taking that crown. But the things that, that Max Holloway has done in his career are just phenomenal. And I think, you know, at this rate, Volkanovsky's going to pass him. <sighs> Man, worked up right now. Just realized I got to take a breath or a sip of whiskey. By the way, guys, for anybody curious, I'm sipping on some Cooper's Craft 100 proof bourbon whiskey. This stuff is delicious. Pretty low price point too. I think this bottle was about 30 bucks. Um everything you want out of a good bourbon. It's oaky. It's got that vanilla on the back end. Um let's see. What else in there? It's got a little little spice to it on the finish, like a little black pepper. But I mean, for 30 bucks for a hundred proof bourbon, uh, this is a win. Cooper's craft. Hundred proof. They toast and char their barrels. So I and I could go into the the difference between that. It, uh, it comes from Brown Foreman, which is the uh parent company of Old Forester and some other distilleries you probably heard of. Okay, so some other nicknames rolling in from my buddy Matt here. Kimbo Slice. Okay, fair enough. And Tank Abbott. All right, so a handful. There's been a handful. But not a lot, right? All right, moving right along here. Co-main event, man, this fight was bonkers. Anthony Smith and Ryan Spam. This was a rematch Bad blood between these two. It seems like they may have squashed it. They hugged each other at the beginning of the third round. First round went the way of Anthony Smith. He was chopping at the legs of Ryan Spann. Great job with the low uh, low calf kick. He was landing some big punches as well. He was really piecing them up. It seems like Ryan Spann the whole time, though, was even though Anthony Smith was beating him up, Ryan Spann was holding a loaded gun the whole time. Um, so Anthony wins the first round, uh, got, got him to the ground at one point, I think. 
and Ryan Spann was able to get back up, which is a big deal since he got submitted in the first round the last time they fought. Second round, Ryan Spann lands a punch. I think it was an overhand right just below the eye of Anthony Smith and broke something. I don't know if it broke his orbital or what, but that eye started swelling up. It looked like it was going to swell shut, and then miraculously it just stopped. Um, the doctor had to come in and look at it between the second and third round. They were having him cover his right eye and and see if he could tell how many fingers they were holding up, etc. cetera. Uh, it, it wound up being a huge mouse under his eye, and he was shelling up quite a bit. Um, and, you know, Ryan Spann wasn't able to capitalize. The third round was close. So obviously Ryan Spann wins the second round um, because – he basically broke Anthony Smith's face. I thought Ryan also won the third round. So this one's going to be a bit of a controversial decision. Was it a robbery? I mean, it was a close fight. It was one-to-one going into the third. The third round was the, the least eventful. I think Ryan Spann did a little bit more in that round and Anthony Smith definitely looked worse for wear at the end of this fight. You know, if you're going to go by damage, which should be the top judging criteria, Ryan Spann definitely did more damage. You know, Anthony Smith hurt Ryan Spann with the leg kicks, and there was a couple of punches where he wobbled him, but there was no visible damage. Uh, He obviously had more visible damage. I think even Anthony Smith was surprised to hear his his name called um, as the winner, but he was able to uh, break a couple of fight losing streak with this one. And, uh, it, you know, that that's what it is. I, you never know what the judges are seeing. They're all sitting in different spots. They have different angles. They're not seeing the same thing that you and I are seeing um, at home. So that's the way it goes sometimes. One judge did give it to Ryan Spann. Uh, I think that was the right call, but... You know, Anthony Smith gets his hand raised. Uh, Giga Chikadze, unanimous decision over Alex Caceres. Alex Caceres did a lot better on the feet against uh, Giga than I thought he would. And I think he did better than Giga thought he would. Uh, You know, he was in there the whole time, but I thought he lost the first two rounds and he didn't come out in the third with enough urgency. You know, he was getting his head snapped back with those straight right hands pretty frequently. Um I think in the first round, Chikadze had a little bit of trouble with his unorthodox style. And that liver kick wasn't really there for him because Caceres comes out in the southpaw stance, which kind of takes away that liver kick that Chikadze is known for, especially with the circular and lateral movement that Caceres fights with. So he was stifling him a little bit in that first round, but I still think Giga won it. Uh, I think he won all three rounds, actually. Uh, I would have liked to see Alex Caceres grapple in this fight. I don't know why there was zero takedown attempts. <clears throat> you know, I don't know why, you know, he why he wasn't trying to grapple. Um, I, I would think that would have been an easier path to victory for him, especially in that third round. You know, his corner should have been telling him he was down two rounds. You know, even if they didn't think he was, they should have been telling him that. So he would come out with a little more urgency, maybe change up the game plan. But Giga Chikadze coming away with the unanimous decision victory. 
Then we had Rinya Nakamura. Man, this guy is a beast at bantamweight. Uh, he was in there with Fernie Garcia, who, you know, we've seen holes in his wrestling in the past. And Nakamura, uh, Japanese fighter, <clears throat> has a, a serious wrestling background, and he put it on full display. Uh, not just the wrestling, but the ground control in general was so impressive. He was moving from side control to north-south to side control, going from submission to submission, almost had a few of them. Uh, you know, Garcia, you know, even though he has holes in his wrestling, like his survival in the grappling was was enough to get through this fight. But Nakamura, man, on the feet, he was impressive too. He had some nice body kicks. He had some nice timing on his strikes. Um it was uh it was a it was a great performance. Aaron Blanchfield versus uh Tyler Santos. This was another close fight where Aaron Blanchfield got the shit beat out of her in the first round by Tyler Santos. And she knew she was gonna have to weather the storm, but it was the striking of Tyler Santos and it was the takedown defense of Tyler Santos that was really the story of this first round and really the story of the fight. She busted up Aaron Blanchfield fairly early and Aaron was fighting with her head right on the center line the entire time. She had very little head movement. Uh, she was throwing very basic combinations and Tyler was countering them easily. When they would get into the clinch, uh, Tyler was landing nice knees to the body. Um, she handily won the first round. I think Aaron won the second round. She started pushing for the takedown a little more. Wasn't really getting them. You know, typically if she gets people down, it's it's pretty bad news. Um, but Tyla had really great uh, takedown defense in the clinch. And then the third round was super close. They got into a big flurry in the last 15 or 10 seconds or so. And Aaron landed two big shots in that exchange that probably won her the round. Um, but other than that, it was a really close fight. Um, you know, the first round was very one-sided. The second round, Aaron won, just kind of edged it out. The third round was very close, could have gone either way until the last 10 or 15 seconds uh, where she was able to land, you know, the biggest strikes that she landed in the whole fight uh, and leave a, a lasting impression on the judges come away with the victory. Junior Taffa first round knockout over Parker Porter. Uh, impressive performance from him. Um, it, it it was such a close punch that I thought it was an elbow when I first watched it. I had to watch the replay. Uh, he kind of came over the top with the right hand, and and I thought he landed with the elbow, but it was a punch. Uh, put Parker Porter down, and uh, one minute twenty four seconds first round knockout for Junior Taffa. That boy's got some power, man, at heavyweight. You got to watch out for him. And I didn't catch a whole lot of the prelims, but I did watch Mikhail Olajanchik and Chidi Enjikawani. If you guys missed the prelims, you have to go back and watch this fight. I told you last week that this was going to be a one, one fight to keep an eye on. And, you know, not to pat myself on the back, but I was right about this one. This fight was crazy. Chidi came out. Muay Thai on full display in the first round. He, he landed a nice head kick, uh, nice body work. Uh, he's so fast, so explosive. And then at one point, 
they got into a clinch and Chidi went for a takedown for some reason and wound up pulling Mikhail Olajanchik on top of him. Uh, Mikhail, you know, did a little work in that position and then they wound up back on the feet and then Mikhail was able to drop Chidi with a shot after a wild exchange, uh, got on top and just hammer fisted him until the referee Thomas Van had to step in four minutes, 16 seconds into the first round. Mikhail Olajanchik coming away with a TKO victory over a very tough and very skilled and explosive and powerful Chidi Njikawani who just has not been able to string it together. Um, yeah, Jamie, let me know if that one fight of the night bonus for me, it did. It gets the MMA on the rocks, uh, fight of the night bonus, uh, which, you know, brings zero dollars to the table, but still very prestigious in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> and I, I didn't watch any of the rest of this, but there was, there seemed to be like a lot of great finishes. So, uh, let me know what I need to go back and watch. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm just being told from my, uh, producer by proxy that the main event got the fight of the night which i get but uh hopefully mikhail and chidi get some backdoor money um after this one and i have to reiterate my point from last week folks i want max holloway to move to lightweight he's big enough he's strong enough <clears throat> you know i know he lost to dustin poirier the last time he moved up but that was moving up for an opportunity when he was still the champ at featherweight he didn't change his body composition to become a lightweight and really prepare for it. You know, he was just moving up because it was an opportunity. Um, I think if he really took the time, obviously we see he's got some punching power now. I think he can carry that up to lightweight. If he takes, you know, a good nine months to really change his body and make himself a lightweight, I really think he can make a run. I don't want him to stay at featherweight as long as, Alexander Volkanovsky is the champ and and that's the last I'll say about it for now because I know I've been I know I've been beating this dead horse for a while. Um let's see next week we're in Paris. Sirogan against Sergei Spivak in the main event and you know this main event may have been put together for Sirogan to shine <clears throat> since he's French and this is in Paris. But Spivak's going to be a problem for him, man. If Francis Ngannou could take him down, Spivak, with his judo and his grappling, he's going to be able to get him to the ground as well. Uh, and he may do it fast. <laughs> so, and, and then once he gets him there, it's going to be a problem. I say I see Spivak uh, giving Sirogan a lot of problems. Unless Sirogan can, you know, use his range and use his distance and keep Spivak away from him. But once Spivak gets his hands on him, if he's able to press him up against the cage, uh, it's going to be a rough night for Cyril Ghan, in my opinion. Then we quietly have Rose Namajunas coming back uh, in the co-main event against Manon Firat. And obviously they're trying to build uh, Manon up here because she's from France as well. Yeah, she's from Nice. Nice. Uh, <laughs> 10 and one on a hell of a streak. She's won nine in a row and her last wins have been over some heavy hitters. Caitlin Chukagian, Jennifer Maya, Myra Bueno Silva, uh, and Tabitha Ricci. 
So that that's a very interesting fight. Uh, and it's at flyweight as well. So Rose Namajunas just quietly moving up to flyweight. I didn't even know this was going on. Um, then we got Vulcan Uzdemir, Vulcan Uzdemir, who is like the the light heavyweight version of Giga Chikadze, I think. I think they look pretty similar. Fighting Bogdan Guskov. I really don't know who this guy is. He's from Uzbekistan. 14 and 2. This is his UFC debut. But it seems like he's been knocking everybody out for his entire career. He's, he has one fight that's gone to decision <laughs> out of 16 fights. All right. This will be a fun one. I mean, they're throwing him to the Sharks, uh, getting in there with Vulcan Uzdemir. But man, that's a. Uh, that's going to be a fun fight. Benoit Saint-Denis and Tiago Moises. That's a fun fight as well. And nothing else really jumping off the page to me here. Nasrad Hakparast is going to be fighting the ever-elusive unknown fighter. So uh, keep an eye out for that one. And... Yeah, I mean, I think that's it. Great card, UFC Singapore. I thought it was fantastic. Um, from what I saw of it, I need to go back and watch some of the prelims. But really a great time. I definitely recommend this Cooper's Craft 100 proof. They have a straight bourbon as well that's like 80-something proof, maybe 86. Um, I have not tried that one. But this one for like for like 30 bucks, this is a really solid bourbon. Definitely recommend that. Um, the, uh, merchandise. Yeah. You guys know where to get that links will be down below. Um, keep sharing the content. Let's keep growing this thing. We're building a community here. People, whiskey drinkers who like fighting. Um, let's keep it going. Let's keep this momentum. Uh, I'm, I'm motivated to, uh, to keep doing this content. So Hopefully you guys are, are motivated to stick with me. And uh, that's all I got. I mean, go see The Haunted Mansion, even if you don't have kids. That was a good movie. A little long, but, you know, you'll survive. That's all I got. Until next time, cheers, everybody. Goodbye.